0: All right. Wait for it. Oh, That's right, everybody. That sound means it is World Cup time. Cracking open a nice pint of Guinness uh, as we get set to preview the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. My name is Adam. Sorry we've been off for a week, but uh, if you're brand new to this um, because, I don't know, you typed in World Cup podcasts and this popped up... um, I'm Adam, I'm a West Ham United fan, uh, and uh, I've got all the uh, the fancy podcast stuff uh, here in front of me, the microphone and everything like that. Down the line is my cousin Jordan, uh, from the great state of Texas, uh, and a Newcastle fan. Jordan, how
1: ready are you for this World Cup? I'm not ready, Adam. Really? Um... I'm no, I'm not. I, honestly, I'm 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 too high off the season, my man. In third place, 7 points back from the top of the table. Now, we won't play again till after Christmas, but your boys buzzing for Newcastle United over here. <clears throat> and more frankly, I'm kind of disappointed in you that you're drinking Guinness and not a quality American craft beer because you're both disrespecting America and the Irish because the I because Ireland's not in the World Cup this year, my man. I'm not even disrespecting the Irish.
0: I'm drinking their beer. How can I disrespect them if I'm drinking their beer?
1: Because because you're celebrating their beer, yet they're not there. You should be drinking a prairie artisan ale. Just have a nice prairie bomb.
0: I, I don't want to fall asleep mid podcast. Um,
1: <laughs> that would make yeah, that's like a twelve. That would make you fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: pretty. It's pretty. I got that by accident one time at a bar, and I was like, oh shit. Okay, well, <laughs> this is gonna. This is going to be a while. Um, And also down the line from the great state of Georgia, in mid-election mode, but trying to forget about that, um, is Caleb, our resident Fulham fan, former uh, English League Championship correspondent, and hopefully not future English League Championship correspondent (laughs) again. (laughs) Hi, Caleb. As much as I enjoy
2: that, I prefer not doing that for a long, long time. Well, so
0: far it's going quite well. Yes, we're very happy um, yeah if we
2: could stop losing to to manchester sides in stoppage time <laughs> we'd be even happier but we're, we're still pretty okay
0: yes now normally honestly uh, 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 oh great uh, jordan Benel, i say honestly at this, this
1: point at this point in the season you're more likely to be the english league correspondent next season adam than either one of us
0: the Ooh. truth yeah no it's it's, it's very real very real um so, normally at this time, we would uh, get into our first topic, covering a game from the Premier League, uh, which happened this past weekend. Um, but two things. Number one, I was in Stillwater this past weekend watching uh, Oklahoma State play Iowa State. Uh, it was a very good game. Very cold. It was a very good game. Uh, so, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of football this weekend. And number two, it's World Cup time. And everybody's getting excited, and all the teams are in their camps, and which I'm sure are within, like, I don't know, 10 miles of each other because Qatar's tiny as shit. Um, but uh, so we want to get into some World Cup topics. We're going to cover each and every single group, which we'll talk a little bit more in, about in a minute. But our last Premier League topic, before we go into the global, I don't know, spectacle that is the World Cup, in this break this very unusual, very long break um, in the Premier League. Who do we think is the most excited to have this break? I know my answer. And who do we think is the most upset that this break has come at this time in the season? Um, And we'll start with Jordan, because I think you've already kind of mentioned it, and I think I know what your answer is going to be. But who do you think uh, is, is... most excited about this break? And then who do you think is, is, is regretting?
1: Honestly, uh, I think the teams that are most excited about this break are, uh, Chelsea and Manchester United, um, Hmm. underperforming a little bit in the past month. Um, three points back of, uh, 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 three points back of Tottenham, four points back of uh, Newcastle. In the case of Manchester United and Chelsea, uh, losing three on the bounce, I believe. Yeah, uh, that's the truth. Uh, and, and it was especially funny to watch uh, Kai Havertz bow up to six foot six Dan Burn at the end of the match. Like, hold on there, kid, uh, you're about to step off into some <laughs> some uh, some real Geordie boys if you uh, piss off uh, uh <clears throat> big Dan Byrne. Um, But, yeah, no, I think it's Chelsea and Manchester United that are most happy about getting a break uh, because they get to regroup. um, In the case of uh, Chelsea, you know, Reese James and Ben Chilwell are not going to the World Cup because of injuries. So they get that time to rehabilitate those guys. Uh, Graham Potter gets that time to work with his team and try to, you know, take that island of misfit toys uh, and, you know, coalesce them into a, you know, Solid, solid unit. Um, and then, in the case of Manchester United, they're just happy that Ronaldo's leaving. Uh, they they don't get to deal with that headache for. Yeah, about a month. we'll we'll talk so, about that
0: when we get to Portugal's group, <laughs> because I do think it's going to play a factor. But yes,
1: uh, like, yeah. yeah, no, so yeah, they're yeah they're happy. Um, they're they're kind of disappointed that uh, Jadon Sancho didn't get selected. I actually thought he would. Um, mm. but. The teams that are the least happy, I feel like, are Arsenal and Newcastle. Uh Arsenal, top of the table. And we'll be top of the table uh till Boxing Day for sure. Um and then Newcastle, thirty points out of sixteen, uh, you know, sixteen games. Uh at the same time last year, we'd only collected ten points and were nineteenth of the table compared to third this year. Um and we've also announced uh, new sponsorship deals as well with Monster and Saudi Airlines. So, uh,
0: here comes the, form- the money.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, the, the yes the run of the run of form we've been on. Miguel Almirón playing out of his skin. Uh, it's like it's like when Jack Grealish made that comment, like Maradona po- uh, uh, possessed Almirón, and because he's just lights out, incredible. So. I think Newcastle and Arsenal are the teams least least looking forward to this World Cup break. Um, Caleb, what about what
0: about Fulham? You know, because you mentioned earlier that that unfortunate defeat this weekend in, in stoppage time, but it's been a good season so far. By by, I think the expectations that were set on Fulham. I mean, they're they're they're. I think there's a lot of graphs out there that show that they're certainly overperforming from what was expected. Um you know, is it is this a is this a good break or do you think it's coming at a bad time?
2: Um it's it's hard to tell. I mean yeah. it'll be a it's a fine break. Um it'll give some of our players um who have been hurt some time to rest up. The thing that worries me is we've also got players who have been hurt who are gonna be playing for their World Cup sides. So, you know, if Mitrovic and Polina and Harry Wilson, et cetera, come back at Tim Ream, come back in one piece and Anthony Robinson, they all come back in one piece and they're healthy and they can play against West Ham on December 17th. Then this break is fantastic. But if they come back in pieces, then it will have been pretty disastrous. Um, I think the team most in need of a break was probably Nottingham Forest. Just give them a chance to kind of, although they've been playing a bit better, give them a chance to regroup and continue to try to just train together, get to know each other a little bit more, the players who aren't going to the world cup and, and hopefully integrate more players into their team. And I think the team probably the most upset about there being a World Cup break right now is Leicester, because um, mm. Leicester's been playing tremendous football over the past month or so, and they've climbed their way out of the you know relegation worries, and and they've kind of started to make a beeline toward, um, you know, toward the top half of the table. So those would be my two picks for for most happy and least happy. But yeah, we we would we would like we would like Mitrovic back in one whole piece, please. Yes. Handle with care. Yes.
0: Please Serbia, don't don't overuse him. Um I can tell you from personal experience that the team that is most excited about this break right now is West Ham because if nothing for no other reason other than I think the fans are getting a nice break from watching this squad lay another pile of shit on the pitch um week in and week out. It has been horrendous. Um I looked at this last, uh, there was a, a side-by-side today of the table after 16 rounds last year and the table after 16 rounds this year. And last year at this time, West Ham were, I think in fourth place um and had either recently had, had either just beaten. I can't remember if it was the sixteen round 16th round or not, but had just beaten Liverpool at home, which was a really, really good win. So, um yeah 14th or 16th with 14 points a point ahead a point out of the relegation zone the board is standing by David Moyes i think that's a mistake um and if you look at that table from last season the teams who were in the 15 16 17 uh in and, and, and 14 places um you know were everton who continued to struggle leeds who continued to struggle uh, i think watford were in 17th and they got relegated so it's not looking good um and it's a good chance, I think, for everybody to just take a breather and, and sort of take a step back and and try and take stock of what the hell's going wrong because something is off. And I think it's David Moyes. I hope he turns it around, but why you wouldn't go ahead and pull the trigger and try and get a good manager. Because there are several good managers who could this could be their last, you know, outing with an international team. Um I I, I don't know what they're thinking, but I, I'm afraid it's going to cost dearly and 2023 is going to be a hell of a year uh, to be a Hammers fan. Um so so I, I I definitely think they regret that. I kind of think Aston Villa a little bit. I know that, that it gives um you know uh, Unai Emery some time to kind of you know bed in and and actually take a good look at the squad and you know adjust some things. Um you know train with his players, be around with, with, with the players that aren't going to the World Cup. Um, but, I mean, they, you know, they, they went out. I know they lost to Manchester United in the Cup, but uh, they beat Brighton at home, or uh, on the road, uh, down on the South Coast this past weekend, which was good. They beat Manchester United. Um, you know, they they had that uh, loss to Newcastle back in October. But, you know, things are definitely starting to turn around for them. And so um, I think they, they, uh, they regret having this break at this time. Um, uh, Leicester, I thought, was a good shout. I, I think a team that also... I don't know if we've mentioned it, but I, I think a team that also is glad to have this break is Liverpool. Um, now, they they have turned some things around, and Darwin Nunes um, is starting to look like the player that they thought they were going to get. Um, I think he scored this past weekend. Um, and they'll hope that he's healthy coming back from the World Cup. But again, just a chance to kind of step back and say, okay... We had some some struggles. We're in 6th place. We can can mount a fight for the top 4 from here. It's not going to be a title season, but we can still make the season successful. So I think Liverpool are very happy um, to see the World Cup break. So, that's the Premier League. It comes back on Boxing Day. We are currently making some plans to enjoy that all together. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we get uh, closer to that day and actually into December. But, in the, in the time being, we've got the small matter of a World Cup to take care of. So here's how this show is going to go. We're going to preview quickly uh, each and every group. Um, it's going to be kind of like the preview shows that you would see on like ESPN before the World Cup. You know, They would kind of go group by group. They spent some time on them. Um, man, I miss ESPN's coverage of the World Cup. Um, and then at the end of looking through that group each of us will contribute picks to our new game which is the we ate all the pies 2022 cup cast predictor game so this is going to be a multi-round thing um we're going to start by picking who we think will finish at the top of each group the two teams who will exit the group and go into the the first knockout round um each correct pick at this stage is worth one point um Correctly picking the winners in the round of 16 is going to be two points each. So two points for every winner you get correctly. Correctly picking the semifinal uh, teams, so the teams to win in the quarterfinals, that will be three points each, and you get five points for predicting for correctly predicting the final. So it allows us to kind of adjust. We don't, you know, if you pick a team and say they're going to go all the way and then they lose in the first round, you don't get totally boned Um you, you, can, you can go back and, and pick again. So it, it keeps things fresh, keeps things interesting. So that's how we're going to end uh, each group. I created a gigantic 16-page set of notes um, for everybody to review so that we kind of knew a little bit of what we're talking about going into this World Cup. But uh, we're going to start with group number one. Group A, Qatar, Ecuador, Netherlands, and Senegal. Um we start with Qatar in Ecuador on November the twentieth. That's this coming Sunday. That's an eleven AM Eastern Time kickoff on just Fox Sports One, which I think is kind of frustrating. Come on, Fox. Um put it on the big put it on the big channel. Um not the most exciting game though. Uh but this group obviously has the Netherlands and a very good looking Senegal team. Now, gentlemen, I think we can say Netherlands are probably the favorite to finish top. So, the first question I'll, I'll ask, and the way that I'll get this started, who do we think stands the best chance of getting that all important second spot if we're going to go off of what's on paper?
1: Um, first of all, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Adam. I don't think the Netherlands are the outright favorite to win that, to top that group. I think Senegal is. I mean, if you're looking at the key players for that team, Sadio Mane, I mean, we're, you know, there is some injury concern, but they still have Edward Mindy, uh, Koulibaly from Chelsea, Adrisa Ghie, you know, Mindy from Leicester, and Checo Cuyate. That's it's still a pretty stout midfield. And with, you know, a, a winger like Ismail Sar, pound for pound, I think this team, you know, on paper, matches up pretty well against Net- the Netherlands. So, I think... I, I think it's a it's a two horse race between Senegal and the Netherlands. and either team can uh, can win, uh, could end, uh,
2: end up top of the group. I, I agree. yeah, and I think Senegal's is a really interesting team because they they play this four four three where they play a really compact midfield, and it allows their fullbacks to to move up the pitch, and they can attack with almost a front five at times, depending on who they're playing. And then obviously they have you know, one of the world's best keepers behind them. So that is not, and I think they're in excellent form as a national team. So that is not a team I would want to play. And I think they'll definitely get out of that group. Yeah. Um,
0: so a bit on, on Senegal here. So they're managed by a guy named Aliou Cisse, um, who it's, it's, it's strange. And we're going to, you're going to notice, uh, I think I'm sure you guys already have noticed. There's a lot of African managers who are brand new because we just had the African cup of nations, and a lot of associations decided that, um, Oh well, Al Ucissa isn't one of those, but a lot of associations decided right after that tournament to change their manager up. So there's a lot of brand new guys. But Al UCCA has been there for a while. He's been there since 2015. He was part of the 2002 team, uh, Senegal, that went on that great quarterfinal run, um, just lost out to another surprise package in that year, which was Turkey. So he knows this tournament. Um, we've got some... some you know, top tier players, as Jordan was mentioning. Um, you know, I I I wasn't really thinking about it, but as I wrote down, you know, the key players and sort of looked at it. The, group A, Group A is tough. Like there, there's some because yes, I mean, Senegal certainly uh, presents uh, a, a big challenge, and I think the Netherlands um, are going to struggle. But you know, Qatar's at home. They they spent the past couple of uh, years going to. Other international tournaments, getting invited to the CONCACAF Gold Cup, Gold Cup where they made the semifinals, they made the Copa America in 2019. Now they didn't get out of the group, but they've got a lot of experience playing other teams and playing teams that have different styles. And it, they're going to be tough. I mean, they're going to have the home crowd behind them. <clears throat> you know, it's it's always, I think, a bit of a boost for for the ho- the host nation. Um, they have. I don't want to say an easy game, maybe an easier game against Ecuador. I don't think this is the best Ecuador side that's ever been to a World Cup. Um, And then we have the Netherlands, managed by Louis van Gaal. Third time he's been manager. They've gone through the managerial merry-go-round since they failed to qualify for 2018. They have a good list of players. Um, We mentioned why Senegal maybe could, could overtake them because of their quality. But is there anything about this, this Dutch team that makes us think maybe they're not quite as good as they look on paper? Because they've got a lot of top-tier players in this team, and the Netherlands boast, I think, probably the record for the best team or the, 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 the best footballers in the nation to have never won a World Cup. This, this nation has never won. They've made the final a couple of times and never won it. So is there something about this Netherlands team that we maybe don't particularly like? or that we're nervous about?
2: Uh, not really. I mean, they seem like a really talented team, and they have a lot of really strong players. What did they do in the last World Cup? I couldn't remember. So they didn't,
0: they didn't qualify for 2018. That's what, I, is, that's yeah.
2: what I thought. So, that, so to me, that's the only kind of red flag, is like, you know, it, it, I, I remember them not qualifying, and I remember how significant that was, and so you just had a sense of there's going to be a lot of pressure on them early on to get out of the group stages and to perform well, so... Um, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, the last time these players, if they ever did play in a World Cup, played in a World Cup was eight years ago. So, um, I, th-
0: I so, think yeah, I, I think Memphis yeah. was part of that team, but I don't know right. if any of the right. other. Yeah, yeah, I don't know they if not anybody a lot else of
2: experience was. Experience at this level, I don't know if Van Dyke was, but anyway, um, not a lot of experience in the World Cup. So those are the only red flags. I think it's a very talented side.
0: Yeah, they're always they're always talented. Um, Memphis <clears> High, <throat> Matias delict um you know Ryan Gravenberch the the Bayern Munich uh young midfielder Cody Gakpo PSV player probably going to move on at some point Dunya Mollen uh is doing some good things for for Dortmund they've got some good good players the the managerial shifts jordan kind of make me a little bit nervous i'm also nervous about the fact that they only made it to the round of 16 in the year in euro 2020 uh which wasn't that long ago and got got beat out by the the Czech republic so Maybe some issues of, of chemistry there.
1: I actually have a concern about um, their their defense. Hmm. Um, because I'll be honest, other than Denzel Dumfries, um, they have no uh, pacey wingbacks. Um, because they're obviously going to play a three-back system with Van Dyke, uh, Ake, and uh, DeVry. Or, you know, Matthias uh, Math- uh, DeLitt um uh you know spelling okay you know taking the place of Ake but who's gonna provide the, the width for them yeah um because I are, are you gonna are are you gonna uh, ask um uh, you know players like Depay and um uh Steven uh no it's not Bergwine it's a different yeah. one. Oh no he's yeah, there Steven Bergwine yeah. yeah are you are you gonna ask players like that to track back?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it just depends on the system.
1: Yeah, because I I feel like they just don't have any you know anyone to you know provide that overload uh, because I know uh, Depay and Bergwijn, uh, Bergwijn are going to cut inside a lot um, and I'm just not looking you know anyone for really on the overlap and then who are you going to have sitting in the middle of midfield with the uh, you know the the creative midfielders you know pushing forward because you're not going to you know Frankie De Jong is not going to sit back. He's not a holding yeah. midfielder. He's going to move up the pitch and create. I mean, is it going to be Davy Klassen? Or yeah. are they going to throw a daily blend in the midfield? I,
0: he'll probably play the left back, so you're right um, about that. I mean, that's, a, that's a really good point. So, All right, so predictions uh, for this group. I, th- I think um, it seems to be pointing a certain way, but uh, we'll see. So I'll, I'll go first. I think Senegal, I think we're all pretty high on. And then I do think the Netherlands will make it. Out of the group, um, Jordan, you're pretty high on Senegal, uh, but do you think the Netherlands will 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 make it out? I
1: I really do. I think the Netherlands will will advance in this group. I, I really think it's going to be a two horse race. Uh, no offense to Ecuador and uh, Qatar, yeah. um, which you mentioned earlier that they arrived in the in their in their camps today adam i seriously hope the player camps are different from the migrant labor camps uh oh,
2: hey okay
0: thank
1: you um have you seen the fan zone <laughs> this honestly the more we hear about the infrastructure the lack of infrastructure in qatar this sound there's going to be a lot of firefest style uh, uh accommodations for yeah. fans
0: yeah there's been a lot of those comparisons. Uh, Coming up been a lot of those comparisons. Caleb, any chance that Qatar masks the issues and plays some good football, or are you in agreement with Jordan and
2: I? I, I think it's, yeah, no, the, I think Netherlands and Senegal will advance. Um, I think Ecuador and Qatar are both scrappy kind of teams. Uh, Ecuador plays really good defense. They drew Brazil and Argentina this year. Um, they don't score at all, but they don't concede. So that, so the first game of the World Cup may be incredibly boring because you have two teams <laughs> who like to dig their heels in yeah. against superior competition at least, um, and kind of sit back and, and park the bus. Um, they play tough, so I don't know. It should be should be a good physical brand of football. Maybe Qatar, you know, tries to tries to be a little bit more aggressive offensively. But yeah, definitely the Dutch and, and Senegal, I think, are going to be getting out of Group A.
0: Yeah, I think for Qatar, this first match is super, super important because it's a chance for them to to get three points. And I also, I, I, that not necessarily that'll it'll, it'll make it too big of a difference, but I think Senegal have a good chance of finishing top of this group. I agree, Jordan, because they play the Netherlands first, and there's a really good chance of them getting something out of that game because it's the first one out of, out of the gates. So they'll be they'll be keyed up, they'll be ready to go. Um, and so long as as Bondi's injury is not too serious, and and you know, hurting him too much. Um he's really gonna gonna put that Dutch defense under threat. Uh that was Group A. Group B. I think we all know this group very, very well. This one I, I'm not ashamed of going over five minutes talking about this group because it includes England, Iran, the USA, and Wales. Uh we start this one on Monday the twenty first, both England uh against Iran and USA against Wales. Um well, let's just let's knock out the uh, the the big elephant in the room. USA named their squad last week. Um, really interesting to me when you can point to things like this that illustrate, you know, some trends. So if you look at the top ten lists for the United States men's national team in all time goals scored and all time caps appearances for the U.S. team. Of those two top 10 lists, only one currently active player is on either of those lists, and that is Christian Pulisic. Nobody else is even close. Um, These are all very, very much babies. This will be the first World Cup for, I think, everybody except one player, um, which is DeAndre Yedlin. And I'm very glad to see DeAndre Yedlin and uh, Fulham's Tim Ream make the squad I think that's some good experience but it's still a very very young squad um what is the the most what is the most appropriate expectation I think we 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 spoke about this before but I want to ask it again what's the most appropriate expectation for this USA squad
2: I mean getting out of group stage
0: you think so? You, you, you think yeah. we should? We should at least—that's the—that's the minimum.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a. Ta- I think we've got a talented side. I mean, England's going to be a very tough out, but Iran yeah. is not a—it's not a good team. And Wales is has a lot of really talented players who I enjoy watching for Fulham. But um, <laughs> you know, is is doesn't have you know how strong is their spine? I think is a huge question. And yeah, you know with this United States team. You know they played well, but but they've been inconsistent. You know, so they. They did well in qualifying. They did well in the Gold Cup, obviously. But it's as you were pointing out, it's a relatively kind of unblooded group. Can they be consistent on both sides of the pitch? Can they can they adjust their play style? You know, can they be a kind of defensive-minded counter-attacking team against England, and then be really an aggressive kind of possession-dominant team against Iran? And can they be a team that you know is able to deal with the width and the speed of of Wales? So I think how versatile um, this U.S. men's national team can be is going to be the key to their success in the group stage. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that our expectations have to be to, to get out of it. Um, I did want to note one thing as we're talking about the U.S. men's national team. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Ted Lasso, quote-unquote, wrote notes <laughs> to all of the I men's that. national team players. Um, and I wanted to read a, one briefly to y'all um, so you get a sense. This one's to Brendan Aronson, um, which actually printed is actually printed in a newspaper in New Jersey, um, which, which was kind of cool, the Star-Ledger. Um, so it says, Brendan, it makes sense that you were raised in Medford, whose tagline is historic in nature, because that's how I describe the way you play the game. Heck, folks are even calling you the American boy. I know how tough it can be as an American overseas. A Cookies, a biscuit, chips or fries, pants <laughs> or underwear. Don't even get me started on a fanny pack. But what remains the same, no matter what side of the pond you're on, is that you were born to be on the U.S. men's national team. You were born to play in the games of all games. You were born to go all the way. This billboard's not a barn, right? Because if not, Got this it. joke isn't going to make any sense. Yes. Another American boy, Ted Lasso. So all those, uh, although the, re- the response to those has been – has been a bit critical um, they're, they're a lot of fun to read so there you go go oh, to I get, love they're, they're not gonna get you hyped for anything but they're they're good for a good laugh I love it because
0: I think there was one to Weston McKinney who was from Little Elm Texas big ups. and uh, and it's I think it started as a way something way like, something you may be from Little Elm but there's nothing there, there ain't nothing little about the way you play or something like like it was just they're cute they're great and look let's take advantage of that like Ted lasso is beloved everywhere and even by people who don't really watch football and the people who don't really watch football regularly are going to be watching the World Cup and you want to get them involved. Yeah, so. maybe
2: it'll get more people to watch soccer. I mean, how terrible a yeah. thing is that? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, That's fun. But yeah, for me, it's consistency, versatility. Can we get that out of the squad uh, remains to be seen.
0: Jordan, same question. And also, no Ricardo Pepe. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or is it, is it, is it even a thing?
1: Um, In terms of expectations for the U.S., I I believe you have to advance out of the group stage. Um, This is going to be a real opportunity, though, for the United States, especially given we're probably going to have the youngest roster going into the World Cup this year. Uh, All three teams we are matched up against are going to cede possession to us. So this is the World Cup for us to learn how to break teams down because – Wales is obviously going to play a counter-attacking style with Gareth Bale uh, and uh, the big lug Kiefer Moore up top. Um, Iran is the, is one of the oldest teams in the World Cup this year, and so they're going to be extremely stingy because I think they uh, most of their players have played in the last three World Cups. Yeah, and then England is going to line up in a in a in a, in a five-two-three, so they're going to sit back and absorb pressure and break on the counter. So this is going to be a great opportunity to go into, you know, 2026 with an experienced team that's able to patiently, you know, break down the opponents. So I don't have high expectations, but I, I, I feel like in order to be on the right path for 2026, which I think a lot of other people are talking about, uh, the U S has to get out of the group. And, um, on the Ricardo Pepe front, I'm disappointed uh, that neither he or P. Uh, uh, P. Uh, did not, uh, you know, make the make the the squad. But if Greg Berlha- uh, Berhalter is going to play with, uh, you know, a, a mobile front three, then there really was no need for him to take, you know, a uh, you know a typical number nine, which Ricardo Pepe is. Hmm. So,
0: yeah, and I, the more that I think about it, the more disappointed I kind of am that, that Pepe didn't make it because number one, he was, a he was a big part of the qualifying campaign. And I think it's even though, yes, he has hard, had a, a little bit of a harder time in Europe. He's, well, he's turned it around recently. Um, So, you know, I, I think it's just about, you know, respecting some of the guys who helped get you there and, and, you know he's young enough. I hope to know that this is certainly not, you know, an end or, or or something that's a huge setback in his career. Because as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, he will walk into the twenty twenty six squad easily. Um, but I, I just I feel like what he gives you and what he represents. It would have been nice to have had him in there. Not saying that the squad that was named is is bad. I like the squad. Um, I like Haji. Right. You know. Um, uh, I, I think you know Luca Dillatore, Reyna, Weston McKinney. Um, you know, not necessarily disappointed that Zach Steffen was left out. I think he needs a chance to kind of get his his feet back under him um, and 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 come back stronger as a goalkeeper. And I think he's he's working on that. Matt Turner is a very capable goalkeeper, as we have seen. He's playing for Arsenal now. He's doing something right. Um, but but I'm gonna, I'm going to say this. And, and I I, I want to preface it by saying I'm 100% behind this USA team. I really hope I'm wrong. But there's something in my gut that says this team's not going to get out of this group. I think Wales are a lot stronger than people think. I think the first game is going to be really tough. If the USA can get something, if they can get a win in that first game, that's, that's, that's their golden ticket. I think they're through. But I don't know if they will. Wales bring experience from two european tournaments i know it's not the world cup but it's you know it's the euros it's pretty close um you know they have a lot of seasoned players who who know what to do at this level and the united states just doesn't they don't have a lot of those guys this this is a young group this is the first time they're there you know in the friendlies that prefaced this i know it was a couple months ago but they looked kind of lost they looked scared and there's not going to be a lot of time to get everybody together and, and rally around. Um, so, you know, if they can manage to do that, that's great. And I don't think it would necessarily be a, a bad reflection on Burr necessarily. If we don't get out of the group, obviously we want to play well, but I, I just, I, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to get out unless they can catch some fire. And I don't know where that's going to come from right now.
1: Real quick. Final uh, final thought on the U.S. Um, you know, he mentioned uh, Caleb mentioned the Ted Lasso quote uh, for um, uh, God. What player was it? Caleb, real quick. Brendan Aaronson. So I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna read you the. I'm gonna read you the first the 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 first uh, sentence and then the last sentence. Um, the ending of the Ted Lasso one to uh, Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira. Now that now that's a name. Sounds like a holy sports car, <laughs> pedal to the metal, Ted Lasso. So, I, I, for the US, I think the watchword, the the watchword or watch phrase for this World Cup is pedal to the metal. Let's fucking go. <laughs>
2: you,
1: you you have no experience that that's going to be against you, but you have nothing to lose from it. So just balls to the wall, and. Honestly, played like played like uh, Le- uh, the United States of Leeds. You know, just just go.
0: That's well, kind of how the 2002 team did it. I mean, they just went out there to go get it. Um, but even that team had more experience than this one does. And, um,
1: and that's why I just say they seem to be pedal to the metal. Yeah, from Ted Lasso. <laughs> um,
0: real quick, because we we obviously want to be cognizant of our time here but um you know england named uh named their squad jordan jordan you already mentioned Jaden sancho not in it but um marcus rashford made it raheem sterling made it um you know obviously they're they're being led by harry kane harry kane could break rooney's 53 goal uh record for england this tournament he's got he's on 51 so that's uh something to watch uh jude bellingham declan rice jack really is still in there saka foden Pope, we know all these guys. We talk about them every single week. Um, but then there was there was some clamoring about the fact that Harry Maguire was included. So, are we thinking this is an England team that should finish top of the group? Could finish top of the group? May not. I mean, uh, what are, are what's what do you, what is our confidence level in England? are the odds on favorite to to finish top of the group. Um, but hey, I mean it's it's England. This is a World Cup. We we know that they have a history here, and it's kind of coming toward the end of I think this this particular generation of a player.
1: Okay, so I have two different answers. Okay, uh, they could win the group if if they're gonna start, if they're gonna play Harry Maguire and start Jordan Pickford. They will top the, win the group if they play Nick Pope.
0: <laughs> and do you think that'll honestly, make the biggest difference? I,
1: and, I, and, and honestly, in my opinion, I do not understand how Harry Maguire got into this squad. Um, if you're going to play a back three, uh, especially with Kyle Walker injured, who is going to be your left sided center back? Harry Maguire is not a left footed player, neither is Connor Cody none of those guys are really left-footed the person that was left-footed who has been in four, he's
0: he's a who's been he's he's right footed he's a right back isn't he
1: yeah but i mean he he is a right back yes but he could also play in the left as well he's kind of he, he's adept at playing both okay um but the but the the what what irks me is the fact that you had a left-footed center back, who is playing in, in in good form on a good team, and you didn't select him. And that's just because he hasn't been in your setup before, Dan Bird. This, it, I, I feel like Harry Maguire's form from the end of last season through this season is a reason for him not to be in the World Cup squad. And I also feel like Jordan Pickford has not, played to the level of a number one keeper. I think Nick Pope has, I think he's been the better keeper in the league this season. And I think he's the most informed keeper England has. So I think he should be in a starting lineup. Um, I also, uh, think that regardless of injury, Karen Trippier should have pro- should start at right wing back for England, because I think he's been the best right back in the league this season. And he also provides, uh, an interesting, you know, set piece player. Um, yeah. So, if Harry Maguire plays like Harry Maguire, and Jordan Pickford shorts or something, shorts arm, short armed something, England could win the group. That, but those two factors right there drop it from would to could.
0: Newcastle fans says Newcastle players should be in the England team, and they'll win it all. Got it. Um. Caleb, you had mentioned you kind of put it. This feels like an uh, an England team that was selected like last year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I yeah, thought that was kind I, of appropriate.
2: Yeah, it just which I understand. I mean, Garrett Southgate I think wants to go with players who he's seen play at a high level in you know a, a national international tournament. Uh, I'm sorry, international tournament, obviously, and and so you know I think there's some comfort um, in players like Raheem Sterling and. um um, Jack Relish and Calvin Phillips and Harry Maguire, where he knows how they they will perform and feels like he can get a lot out of them. And it's hard to it's hard to um, criticize them for that because obviously they, they did well in, in Euros um, last year. So um, yeah, this is a very England's a very talented side. I mean, there's questions um, I think with the midfield and the center back position they're dealing with some injuries, but I mean they they should not have a lot of trouble getting out of the group stages. Um, the biggest questions are going to be for Southgate is when they do start playing tougher competition, does he go with the same players who he's always, who he's been going with um, like Pickford, or does he tap into some of the depth um, that he has? And and does he move things around? You know, obviously this is the first world cup where we're going to have five substitutes. So I think a team like England that has depth in some positions, but are very light in others, um, and have some players come back from injuries. It's, it's just going to be a lot of juggling for him. And, and it'll be interesting to see if he's up for the task.
0: So Jordan, uh, I'll let you go first here for, to round out group B, who are your, your two teams leaving this group?
1: I, I, I think it's going to be the U S and England. Okay. Um, but to rebut Caleb, <laughs> uh, this is the same English team that lost to an Italian side that did not qualify for the this year's World Cup.
0: On penalties. They lost on penalties.
1: They still lost.
0: They beat the Germans, they beat the Danish, they got to a final. I think that's I true, think that, that that's harsh. True. That's harsh. Just, just, but just they're also gonna out.
1: play better squads like possibly Argentina or Brazil than what the Italian side offered up in the Euros. And they lost. So, England, with the weight of expectations they have, yeah, most likely will make it out of the group. But I feel like they will be crushed by their by their by their own arrogance and expectations at some point. Whether it's the round of sixteen or the quarterfinals, I just don't see this team going very far.
0: Uh, Caleb, same USA England.
2: Yeah, I okay. think it will be a saying. But I will say there's a lot of fun speed on the, the sides of that Welsh team. Yeah, uh, Nico Williams, Dan yep. James, Harry Wilson. Brent Johnson. Had a Johnson. chance to watch all of them. Yeah, had a chance to watch all of them play uh, uh, for Fulham over the past year. So uh, I would not sleep on I, – I think U.S. Um, Wales is probably going to be one of the best um, group stage matches of the entire World Cup. Um, so I would definitely – um, plan to, to watch that one for sure Yep. Uh, absolutely a lot uh on the line for
0: that one um again do not hold it against me i I'm, I'm gonna i gotta go with wales uh i just it's their first world cup since the 50s um you know they've got a lot of gender once in a generation players in there uh well at least one once in a generation player gareth bale um who uh starred in the mls cup final recently so I think England, Wales, um, but I hope this USA squad. The only thing you can say for well.
2: Iran is that they don't have very far to go.
0: That's true. So they, 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 Does
2: that help on some level? Is that they just got well, to cross know. the they, Persian Gulf and they're there?
0: Some of them may not want to go back. Uh, I yeah, that's. Uh, I'll just I'll say I don't I don't want a whole discussion on this, but I will say I think if what's going on right now was going on in March, I think Iran would not be there. Um, But uh, it's just kind of the way it is now. Uh, Group C, Argentina, Mexico, Poland, Saudi Arabia. A couple players here probably in their last World Cup ever. Uh, The biggest one on that list is going to be Lionel Messi. Um, You know, going to try and recreate that magic from the Copa America run in 2021. He's finally got his trophy. Uh, That was the big thing about comparing him to Maradona before is Maradona had the trophies to show for it. Um, and Lionel Messi for, for Argentina just just didn't. Um, so he'll certainly be wanting to get the major trophy. Mexico maybe not the strongest squad that we've seen uh, from them, but Irving Lozano still leading them in. And then uh, yeah, the Saudis. You have to say that. I mean, they're right. They're basically at home. This is right next door to their country. Um, you know, it's they haven't really performed at all. In previous World Cups, I think they exited. yeah, they haven't made it out of the group stage uh, since 1994 when they managed to get out uh, uh, when they were playing here in the United States. So um, they are managed by herve Renard, uh, who's, who was the one who got Morocco back to the World Cup. Uh, he was uh, the one who got them to Russia in 2018. So, uh, you know, it's it's few... Factors that could sort of play into this group and make it a little wild, obviously uh, another one that probably in his last World Cup is going to be Robert Lewandowski, 134 caps, 76 goals for Poland. Um, uh, he's getting on up there. They've got a, a better supporting cast than they did at Euro 2020, but it's still pretty much Lewandowski and, and some also Rans. So um, uh, we'll just leave it. I mean, who, who do you th- – uh, is is this Argentina's group to lose? Is Lionel Messi still the guy to, to lead them out? What do we what do we make of, of, of Argentina? I think they're going to be favored to finish top of this group, but um, you, know, you never know.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I think they're favorites to win. They're, they've got to be one of the favorites to win the whole thing. I mean, it's an incredibly deep squad, um, and you have the added motivation of potentially giving Messi the send-off that his career deserves. Um, and the rest of the group I, I don't love. Um, yeah. You know, Poland, you know, obviously you have one of the most adept goal scorers in the world up top, but he doesn't have a great supporting cast. And then Mexico, I mean, they're tough in CONCACAF, but you look at that team and you're kind of like, where are the goals going to come from? You know, uh, can they maintain possession? Like, it's just, it's it doesn't seem to be a team that um, the, the game, I don't think their CONCACAF game is going to translate very well to the World Cup. Um, and Saudi Arabia, I mean, they may just be better off by instituting a contract clause in all new Newcastle United signings that uh, <laughs> you have to—you are now a Saudi citizen as soon as you uh, spend six months in in uh, up north. Because um, you know, Miggy needs a place to play, so yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and Saudi Arabia needs the players. So, so maybe Saudi Arabia United in the future. But yeah, that's that's not a very good team. So yeah, I, I think Argentina. It's pretty, is pretty comfortable, and then it's going to be tough to see out of the other three who's going to be able to scratch their way out of the group stage. Um,
0: yeah, I was going to ask Jordan if you were going to scout the Saudi side for uh, any potential signings. Um, uh, looking at, at, at Mexico, I mean, there's some experienced players in here. They're going to be in their last uh, World Cup as well. I mean, Andres Cardado... Um, Hector Herrera, probably. Uh, He might try and make it to the next one because it's in Mexico. But, um, you know, uh, Raul Jimenez was a late um, injury kind of scare. They weren't sure if he was going to be fit enough. Uh, He's had some injury issues for Wolves this season. So they've got experience. They've got tournament experience, Um, Jordan. They've got a record of, you know, getting to this stage – Mexico and you know going out at, at the round of 16 and not getting any farther past um, that group uh, any feeling that they might be able to do something in this group get out of the group and, and go farther um, you know I, I think they finished second in qualifying is that right? Georgia, I think they finished second by in Canada
2: yeah it was Canada yeah, and uh, Mexico and then the US
1: yeah Uh. I just want to. I just want to con- contractually say uh, Saudi Arabia will win the group uh, and probably <laughs> our World Cup favorites. Uh, all hail the Kingdom of Al uh, Saud. Oh my God! Um, but in, in all seriousness, honestly, this I, I, I think we could call this the uh, the uh, the sunset group uh, because oh, yeah. you know you mentioned Lionel Messi, uh, Robert Lewandowski. Don't forget Memo Ochoa. This is his fifth World Cup. Oh yeah. In the backstop Good for Mexico. shout.
0: That's a yeah. So, 131 caps.
1: Uh, so uh this is the this is the 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 the, the rocking chair <laughs> and uh can we call can we call this the, can we call this the villages the villages group because <laughs> I think a lot of these players are going to retire to Florida. Uh Maybe Lionel Messi to Inter Miami. The
0: future Inter Miami players, I think, is what you are saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but I honestly, this is Argentina's group. In you know, in form, bested Brazil in Copa America. Um, I if if Argentina doesn't advance out of this group, honestly, I think this would fall on Messi, and this would be. Like this would be the black stain on his uh, you know uh, incredible career, but the the percentage of that happening is so minuscule. Um, yeah I will say uh, I will say with what's going on in the world right now, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued what Poland's gonna have to offer um, seeing how some of their players might have to fly back. <laughs> uh <laughs> enjoyed the military uh, oh that that's uh,
0: not going to no, it's, 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 it's you you heard what that it's it was a it was a ukrainian missile
1: oh oh okay okay yeah so okay all right that's good so we're not starting world war 3 just yet no not yet um
0: not yet we're going to wait till the world cup's over then then we're going to start
1: oh that that's all of our wishes is just, yeah, l- just let the through. world cup get us get us through boxing day that that'd be nice. Yeah, you know, what? you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. I, the, okay, the sorry. Thought I had just kinda, the thought I had, the thought I had, the thought I had, just kind of died. And okay, we, that's okay. For time's sake, let's get to the yeah. next yeah. group. Yeah. Let's, let's I get think to we're the, let's all in. Uh, I think we're all in agreement that it's Argentina and Poland uh, this group.
0: Eh, okay. Well, we'll see, Caleb. I think we all agree, Argentina. We're getting out of the group. What's your second team?
2: Yeah, it's Poland. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't love it. I can totally see, um, you know, Mexico being the team to to, to advance. But um, I mean, I, I think you know Lewandowski may have enough magic to to make this thing happen. So I would go with um, with Argentina and Poland.
0: Um, oh. I'm gonna go with my gut here. I think, I think Argentina and I, I, weird things happen when world cups are not in Europe or South Africa or South America. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Saudis. I think Saudi Arabia is getting out of this group. I think they'll, I think it'll be, you know, like a one nil win and a couple of draws maybe, or, or, you know, it's not going to be exciting football, but I think they will edge their way out of this group. Just because they are, it, it's their part of the world, and you usually get at least one of those. Um, if it's not the host nation, it's somebody else. So I think Saudi Arabia gets out of this group. I don't think they get past the round of sixteen, but I think they get out of this group. Jordan, you 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 kind of already predicted it was Argentina Poland. Uh
1: no, yes, it was Argentina Poland for me. Okay. I'm honestly surprised that you are the one. Predicting,
2: you know, glory <laughs> for Saudi Arabia, Adam. Hey, man! look, uh, it's, I'm, starting it's... Wonder, I'm starting to wonder who's cashing, who's, <laughs> who's, who's receiving checks over
0: here from certain. if we were if we were starting to receive checks, the we we the production value of this podcast would be a lot a lot higher. Um, music and, and, and Caleb, and if we
1: if we started receiving checks, do you think we all would live in other places?
2: Huh. we ha- we'd, we'd have we'd have to receive. Many
0: checks, several checks. It's <laughs> check. be several, several payments. So,
1: I mean, I I think Sarah Beth is full, full and ready to to you know say whatever in the name of the uh, uh, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia <laughs> if it means to quit Academy.
0: <laughs> oh boy! All right, Group D. Um, what the kind of interesting group we have in front of us: Australia, Denmark, France, and Tunisia. Uh, France the defending world champions. Um, but, of course, there is this issue that they have, uh, which we can go back in World Cups and see that they go from high to very, very low, uh, if, you, if we want to go back to kind of the beginning of this pattern or lay pattern. Uh, group stage exit in 1978. They got fourth in 82. Then they got third in 86. Uh, and then they failed to qualify at all for uh, for Italian 90. And for... 1994 in the United States. They were champions four years later, and they exited the group stage in 2002. Runners-up in 2006, another group stage exit in 2010. Quarterfinals in 2014, they were the champions in 2018. Um, there was a, that disappointing round of 16 exit to, I think, Switzerland in Euro 2020. So, is this a France team bound by their destiny to have a terrible, terrible tournament, or or I mean, could they repeat or where will they fall in between Is what What do we think of this I mean they're missing a couple of players um, that I think people would would I think French fans would prefer that they had uh, they might see a little bit of a better chance um, but I mean what's what are the chances that we see France implode here
2: I think the chances are pretty small I mean I think that's really? a really good uh, yeah I mean I just think that's a really good team um, I mean they have just tremendous tremendous talent across the team um and plenty of goal scoring. Um I mean I don't I don't know if the, I don't think that I don't know that France is gonna go all the way again, but I mean I think it's unthinkable that they don't get out of the group stage and make a serious run to at least the the quarters, if not the semis. They're a nice mix of experience and youth. Um, you know, their players play at the top leagues for some of the top teams in the world. Um and and so yeah, it's just they're they are a powerhouse in this World Cup, and I would be shocked if they weren't at least one of if they weren't one of the semifinal teams. You
0: have Denmark in here as well, who you know ha- had a, a good run there in the Euro in uh, Euro twenty twenty. Um, haven't really done a whole lot in the World Cup in the past. Um, you know they got Christian Eriksen, Hjulberg, Simon Kier, uh Kasper Dolberg. Manderson a lot of a lot of household names a lot of names that we we're, we're familiar with um uh but I mean I yeah I, I tend to agree that you know when you look at those France squads of the past where they they exited and didn't do so well a lot of the players they had were they were kind of older they'd been there a while um you know this has got a good mix as you pointed out Caleb um you know with with toameni and uh Kamaviga. um Ibrahima Konate is, is in here William Saliba who's having a good a good uh season with Arsenal and then you have Karim Benzema who's just you know like a man on fire I mean that guy just keeps scoring goals and so he, he's coming in, in in pretty decent form um anybody else uh, anybody um I mean, Jordan, what, what do we think of, of Denmark? And is, is this a is this an all Euro finish year? or Do you think Australia? I don't know about Tunisia, but do, do you th- do you think it's it's anything other than a France Denmark finish in this group?
1: Um, I'll be honest with you. You're talking about France and whether or not they're going to follow lay pattern, yeah, uh, as you as you as you as you called it. Um if this was any other group besides the one they're in they would not make it out of the group uh. I feel like the injuries to Rafael Varane and then especially to uh, Conte and Pogba are going to be their downfall um, just because for some reason Paul Pogba can never put it together at club level but at international level he's a goddamn hero uh, you know, N'Golo Conte is the is the midfield metronome, um, and for many years has just been very selfless in the way he plays, and the way he breaks up, uh, you know, attacks and starts the counter. Uh, and then Varane is, you know, their most experienced center back. Um, now Saliba, I, I feel like this could be his coming out tournament. Hmm. Uh, um. And I also feel like um, I also feel like this could be uh, for uh, for Kanate uh, as well. I, I feel like this could be both of their uh, of their uh, coming outs. Um, but at the end of the day, I kind of feel like with the just the injuries the Sprint squad has, they're going to go as far as uh, killing you know Mbappe takes them. And this this could be like a Lionel Messi scenario for Argentina for a long time where it was kind of, you know, on him to elevate the squad and, you know, and kind of take it to a place where it might not, where it might not necessarily get without. Yeah. So, yeah, I think France is definitely going to go through. I think France is definitely going to go through just because of the, uh, just because of the, the, the the group they're in and then honestly um denmark i i kind of feel like denmark had their moment and i think it's passed i i just don't think they're gonna make it out of the group i think it's gonna be australia
0: Oh wow okay I was gonna ask if 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 there was any love for uh for your new your new boy there Graham Kowal, uh eighteen years old um Central Coast Mariners player who will be moving to Newcastle, I think at the conclusion of this world cup, I think in January so yeah so Australia is is kind of a weird a weird one for me. If you look at the teams of the past they they had some players that were really like you know established like Harry Cool tim cahill mark schwartzer um you know uh and this team doesn't really have that so much and they also they i mean they barely got through that asian qualifying i mean they they finished third in their group they had to beat the uae in a playoff and then they had to beat peru in a playoff but if anything maybe that shows this team is 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 up for a fight you know they're they're willing to put the work in and and get to where they need to be when the chips are down. So, you know, they've got a couple of recognizable names: Matthew Ryan, um, uh, former Huddersfield goalkeeper Aaron Moy, used to be part of the city system. Um, uh, you know, and like I said, Grant Cool, uh, Matthew Lucky in there as well. Thirteen goals and seventy-three caps for him. So, they're they're always you know they could always spring a surprise. Um, I'm I'm surprised to hear you say that Denmark is past it. I. It's kind of hard to to fight with that, but I mean, they do have a pretty good system. Um, Caleb, what I mean, what, what do you, what I mean? Do you what do you make of that? Or, or is that accurate? Or Denmark past it? Or are we maybe overlooking some of these guys considering they still got some big names?
2: I mean, I would just say Australian does, <laughs> does not have a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, I mean, they struggled to make the World Cup. Yeah. Um I mean, I'd love for them to perform well. I think. it's... It's always fun to see them um, playing international in international tournaments, whatever the sport. Um, yeah. But, I mean, Denmark is older, but they have lots of experience playing together too. And I think particularly in the group stages that, that it's helpful. You know, if these are players who, are, who have been on the pitch together, um, you know, several times, dozens of times in high-pressure games. I think that's one of the reasons why, Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson on the left-hand side of, of the United, the, the U.S. men's national team is a, great, is a great thing to do because you've got two players who are used to, who've played, you know, over 50 games together, if not over 100 in those positions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, there is a lot of, uh, it is an older group, um, but it's just, there's so much talent uh, there's, uh, on that, on that Dane team. So, I mean, I think this is a France and, Denmark advance and um I don't think it's going to be particularly close
0: yeah um yeah so I I I actually I I agree with Jordan on on France um but I, I I do think actually Denmark I think I think they'll finish top of this group they've got you know they've got the opening game against Tunisia um Uh, on november the 22nd france has got to be real careful about that australia game because i think australia is going to be motivated and i don't know how motivated france is going to be um so they could they could struggle there they play each other in the next round and then france gets tunisia in the end so i think france will get through with denmark but i think denmark uh finishes top jordan are you sticking with uh with france and australia
1: uh, yeah, no. Give me the French, and then give me the soccer ruse. There we go. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Let, let's. Uh, you know what? I will say in in uh, in benefit of Australia, they are technically playing this uh, in the Southern Hemisphere winter. That's true. And you you know what they say about those Australians? They're always good at winter sports. Yes, like uh, like cricket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah um and they're all they're on the asian continent this is in this is technically within the the bounds of uh the afc so i mean that's that's worth noting i mean like i said you know the teams tend to do well when the world cup is happening in their part of the world um it maybe is quite what you would consider to be australia's part of the world but but uh, to, to your credit there um and then, Caleb, I'm guessing Denmark-France is uh, is what you're going with here. No love for Tunisia. That's okay.
2: Yeah, they're just happy to be there. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's fine. You don't have to. Sometimes, I mean, the U.S. is happy to be there, so yeah. good
0: for them. Interesting for uh, for Tunisia, Hannibal Medjbry, who I believe is a Manchester United player but is on loan at Birmingham City at the moment. Um, he's uh, a 19-year-old, so he'll be at this World Cup. And then... Wabi Kazri, who all I know is he scored that one really, really good goal for Sunderland many, many, many years ago and is now at Montpellier. So um, the captain, Yusuf Msekani, 87 cap, 17 goals. So there's some players to watch for Tunisia, but I don't think we're expecting much from them. Group E, back to CONCACAF, Costa Rica, uh, Los Ticos in the tournament once again. Uh, Germany. Yeah, they're, they're, but they're, they're in a, a group that I don't think they want to be in. Germany, Japan, um, always good uh, and, uh, and always tough to play from Asia. And then Spain. So I guess the ultimate question is, who finishes top, Spain or Germany, and, uh, and why? Um, and we will start with Caleb. I think I've gone to Jordan a lot uh, first time around. So who would you favor to finish top of this group, caleb if you if you had to if you had to guess
2: um it's tough i think they're both going to advance obviously um i think that spain will probably finish top of the group even though germany has more experience spain's going to start to rely on some youngsters um but they've looked really good that the youngsters looked good in the olympics um In 2021. Um, they still have plenty of experience, so this I think is potentially the start of a new or continuation or start of a new golden generation for Spain. Yeah. It's just there's just a lot of really good players. I think there's I think they have less pressure on them, and pressure is obviously kind of a it's it's tough to really figure out how much does that really matter. But we've talked about this in the past. When it comes to performing, these are all the best athletes in the world, the best in their sports, and so the the small the small edges that you're able to get um, are amplified. So yeah. obviously there's experience, there's talent, there's fitness, um, there's familiarity, there's coaching, all those things have provide small edges. And so I think that Germany's going to have a lot of pressure to get out of the group stage um, in this World Cup. And I think that if they start a little bit slow, if they start slow, then that pressure is going to just ratchet up. Um, so for that reason alone, I think, I think Spain probably finishes, but I think both Spain and Germany get out of group stage fairly comfortably. Costa Rica is tough to play when you've got to go play them in Costa Rica. Um, but that's not yeah. gonna happen here. Um, <laughs> so if if there was a home home and home with Costa Rica, then I might give them a shot at advancing, but yeah, I'd say Spain won Germany too in this group.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, and, and Costa Rica with, uh, with with your boy, Brian Ruiz. Back once again. Um, let's see where was he? yeah. 146 caps, 29 goals. Former Fulham midfielder, um, 37 years old. And then Jordan. This this is a fun one. Remember Joel Campbell? He's an Arsenal guy. Uh, he's, I think he's currently playing. He's oh playing my Mexico. god! Joel yeah, man. Joel Campbell. Yeah. That, he's that,
1: back. That's 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 a def, that's a definite FIFA 2016. <laughs>
0: uh, oh earlier
1: uh, a, a callback callback that's, for me. Yeah. Um, 14, 15. Definitely. So, so uh, I, I have to go against Caleb again. Uh, I feel like Germany's going to win the group. Uh, I, I feel like the Mario Goza uh, redemption story uh, yep. is just—it's—it's it's too powerful. I—I uh, I th- I feel like this is the Christian Eriksen moment for uh, for Denmark. You know, I think they're just going to rally around him, and it's going to propel them. Uh, I think Spain. They, are, they do have a new golden generation with Rodri, uh, you know, Ansu yeah. Fati, you know, Pedri, Fernand Torres, like half of like Barcelona's like homegrown players. Yeah. But kind of not really. Yeah. Um, this is not their World Cup. I feel like they will get out of the group, but I believe 20, uh, 2020, uh, you know, uh, 26 is going to be their yeah. World Cup for sure. I, I, I just feel like four more years. And that team will be deadly. Um, more importantly, I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a little bit sad that the probably the the, the coolest apparel team, uh, you know, out of out of all out of all the World Cup teams, uh, Japan, yeah, is not is not going to show off their. They they have such a sick badge, uh, and it is not nice. You're just not going to see. You're just not going to see yeah. that past the past the you know the first three games. Yeah. Um,
0: to Japan's credit, I, w- I do want to say this real quick, though, because they've, they've got – so here's my impression of Japan. You have to come ready. Like, they will – they the system that they have in their national team is, is, is very good. They're always very organized. They have uh, – they, they know who their quick players are. They identify those quickly. They consistently give teams a hard time. I don't know if I've ever seen Japan get drilled – in a world cup. Um, and if you don't come ready, they will, they will get you. They, they, they absolutely will score on you. And usually though, they don't really have a whole lot of household names, but I mean, Maya Yoshida, he's a former Southampton center back. He's at Schalke right now. Um, he's got 121 caps. Ko Itakura, former city, uh, came out of the city system. Um, he's currently playing in the Bundesliga. Takumi Minamino, former Liverpool attacker. He's at Monaco, 17 goals from 43 caps. um, you know Daichi Kamada at Frankfurt. Um, you know they've got a lot of players playing at the top level, more so I think than they did before. So I I agree. I think Germany and Spain will go through here. I think that's just the the obvious pick. But they have got to be careful about Japan because I think that's that's the that's the banana peel. Um, no disrespect to Costa Rica. I really hope Los Ticos represent CONCACAF well, but Japan, I think, is going to be uh, the tough one, and Germany get them first out of the gate on November the 23rd. So um, I think we'll start with Jordan uh, this time, but I, I think we all kind of know. So uh, I, are we all going with, with – well, let's just – are we all going with Germany, Spain for for the sake of saving time?
1: Uh, yes. yes. I, I, I just I – just, okay. I, I believe that if Germany does well in this World Cup, I feel like it will be a this will be a referendum on the career of Thomas Muller, uh, because you know this ah. is probably going to be his last World Cup, and honestly, in my you know in in my fan, in my decade yeah. plus of fandom of the great game, uh, he is the player that has most been just like you know to me an enigma, uh, because he's he's never been a pure out and out attacker um he he's really kind of never been of the creative number 10 he just he's an assassin from an oblique angle like he <laughs> he, he does a little bit of that's everything really but nothing really good, but nothing great it's really good
0: yeah no i that's good that's and a really it, good way of of describing him
1: um and you know with his with his international career coming to a close and his, you know, his, we're in the twilight of his club career. Are we going to look, are, you know, if he, if they, if Germany and him perform well, are we going to look back if he's, you know, one of the greatest players Germany's ever produced?
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I think this is a, uh, that's definitely something that we should, we should talk about later as, as after maybe Germany gets a, a game or two under him, um, but that's that's a really good point, point. and yeah, probably his last World Cup too at at, uh, at 33 years old. Um, you know, Ilkay Gundogan—they got some experience in this team, and they got some um, some youth as well. Uh, Bella, uh, Armel Belakotchap from Southampton—he's uh, made the squad. So, um, so okay, that was Group E. Group F, uh, the well, the the big one in this group, of course, we'll save for last: Canada, Croatia, Morocco, and then. Belgium. Oh, Belgium. Um, I mean, this is no doubt you know, still, I think, the best squad that they have ever had um, in going into international tournaments. I think multiple Ballon d'Or, or at least former Ballon d'Or quality players in this team. And yet, they have only managed to get a semifinal appearance in the World Cup last time out of it and they lost in the quarterfinals in both Euro 2016 and Euro 2020. Um, You know, I mean, even Holland got a European championship, and they, I think, have had the best squads um, having never won a World Cup. So the ultimate question here is, it's probably Belgium's last chance. What is their odds of going on to win this thing? You know, Kevin De Bruyne, Eden Hazard, Romelu Lukaku when he's fit. Um, you know, you look on, you look uh, at at some of the, the the younger players, Yuri Tillemans, Amadou Onana, Yolanda Donker, Leandro Are I mean, the the list goes on. But I mean, are, are is anybody in this podcast confident that this is the Belgium team to win the World Cup and is this their moment?
1: Honestly, I, I don't know if anyone can be confident in Belgium because, you know, We've been we've been in, confident in Belgium for the past what eight years, and it's just never come to fruition. I mean, if you look at the star power on this squad, it's incredible. You know, Thibaut Courtois in goal, um, Vertongen. I mean, he, even though he's on his last leg, but then you have you know Carrasco from Atletico Madrid, uh, Castagne from Le- Leicester City, Thomas Mounier, Thorgen Hazard, De Bruyne, De Donker, Tillmans, the uh the 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 corpse of Alec Witzel um, <laughs> he's not quite that old but yes uh, 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 a fat Eden Hazard uh, wow uh, <laughs> what you cannot deny since he made the move from Chelsea to real madrid he uh he professor uh he per, he nutty professored himself and uh and put on the uh, put on the fat usually it's the reverse so, put on fat coming to England. Um, and then you know you know you got Merten's, which I think this might be his last World cup actually because he's yeah, not G- the, he's 30, 34 yeah
0: um
1: so <laughs> I, I think Belgium will remain the ultimate dark horse because they have really never done anything with the hype yeah they've yeah. had all the hype and they've never done anything with it. They are the they are the Chris Paul of international teams. Incredibly talented, probably a Hall of Famer. So close, yet so far. And for a lot of these guys, this is the last tournament they're probably going to play in internationally. Because uh, I, I look and I see at least four players, probably in their in their uh, in their early thirties. Um to mid
0: 30s. Oh, well no, I've got I mean, if you want I've I've got that right here of their 26-man squad uh for Belgium, 11 of them are 30 or over and that includes all three goalkeepers, so Thibaut Courtois, um Simon Mignolet and I don't know some other guy. But um
2: and there are a lot of 29-year-olds on that team too. There are two. That is
1: yes. that is an old squad. Uh, I mean, because... Yeah, no, this, I I feel like, you know, we talked about England earlier and we talked about how, you know, there might be some, some, some in in that squad who, uh, you know, it might be, it might, you know, it might be, you know, not their last, but like the the generation is, the generation is moving, is moving to the next one. It's the Bakary Osaka is going to be, it's going to be that group in 2026. This squad is the most. The time is now, in my opinion. Yeah. If they're if they're just going to do anything at all internationally, this has to be it. This is this is the last stand. They are the three hundred.
0: Uh, <laughs> I want to say just full disclosure: I did not know Leandro Trossard was Belgian. I just I thought he was a Frenchman who just didn't quite make the squad because they're pretty stacked over there. So. Well done to Leandro Trossard for uh, for making this World Cup team and for uh, for being honestly, Belgian this yeah, whole time.
1: Um, <laughs> honestly, honest, honestly, if you were, uh, I, I know Belgian politics; it's a little obscure, but uh, I believe it's Wallonia, the French-speaking part of Belgium, is looking at a, a, a kind of like a, a separatist movement. <laughs> there is like there is there is seriously some political tensions in Belgium because the of the. Of the, of, of the two distinctly different, you know, uh, parts of the country.
0: Yeah. So, That's always been a factor with these teams is like you have players that come from, you know, areas that are, are pretty, pretty different. But speaking of conflicts, I don't know, Caleb, if you've been keeping up with with Canada, but ever since they qualified top of the group in CONCACAF, everything seems to have kind of gone to shit. They're fighting with their FA. Um, players like Alfonso Davies are, are – um, you know having to strike deals at the last minute so that he can he can have his his image rights the way that he wants them it just seems like they were really un, under prepared does this i don't in your sporting opinion what does this you know do to a team this kind of stuff and does i mean does that basically eliminate canada's chance of doing anything in this group i mean they've got some tough teams in here but it's just weird to say that the team that qualified first in CONCACAF
2: could have the worst possible time. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's not good. Um, (laughs) You would love for for everything to be kind of set in stone back home so you can just focus on it. But I think there's, you know, you're going to get these 26 guys in camp. They're going to all go to Qatar. Yeah. They're going to all be, you know, they're going to be playing against some of the best players in the world. Um, and I think that this is a team that is going to rise to the occasion. I mean, I think it's – they look great in CONCACAF. I think they, they've got a very talented squad. It's not a particularly young squad. Um, they, they play tough football. Um, so – and this is really – I mean, they're, they're, they have a chance. I mean, they're making Canadian soccer history. Yes. Um, so – yeah, I mean, it's challenging back home, but in, in a sense, I think being able to get away from that and kind of just focus on soccer and just focus on the World Cup and, and the fact that they're that this World Cup is not being played in North America like it will in four years, but it's being played on the other side of the world, I think benefits them. So, no, I mean, I think I think Canada probably is the other team that gets out of this group. I, I really, I think they're a tough team. They're tough out. I really like the, the tenacity that they play with. They were no fun in CONCACAF and um, and so, yeah, I, I think that they will rise to the occasion.
0: The other team in this group, Croatia, um, finalists from uh, from four years ago, had that uh, epic round of sixteen exit against Spain at the at the Euros um, just recently. I think it ended up being five three in extra time. It was a just a hell of a game. Um, but I mean, you look at their their squad, Luka Modric. You know this is this is his fourth World Cup, probably his last. I mean, ultimately, his last, it's got to be his last. 154 caps for him. Uh, Ivan Perisic, he's on up there, 115 caps. Um, you know, Domingos Vida, 99 caps for him. Again, probably his last one. Dejan Lovren, again, probably his last. You know, they've got guys like Mateo Kovačić, uh, the the Chelsea midfielder, Marcelo Brozović for Inter. Um, you know, some younger guys like Guardiol. but. You know, it's that exit in the Euros didn't really bode too well, and I think there's a lot of questions about that squad. Um, They also have a manager, I think, who's he's not he's not too new, but he he, uh, um, you know, it's it's I don't know he he hasn't done a a whole lot with the squad, Um, and then. Morocco, of course, uh, I think last time they didn't really come in with a lot of familiar names, and this time, I mean, they've got Hakim Ziyech, Naya Aguerd for, for uh, West Ham, I'm glad he's he's getting a chance to get away from the club, and, um, you know, uh, Ashraf Hakimi, uh, PSG right wing back in Nasiri, uh, a striker for, for Sevilla, and then Romain Saïs, who I think we'll I remember played for Wolverhampton Wanderers last season, so... This is a tough group, and so it is with that that I ask, Caleb, um, starting with you, who will, will finish coming out of this group? Um, I, think, yeah. I, think I think Belgium, I mean, you said Roy- Canada.
2: Is, yeah, I think Croatia I mean, I is probably the, the, the chalk pick, but um, I don't love their age. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess the, part of it is just CONCACAF bias because I've seen this Canadian team play. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think they played really well. So yeah, I think we'll probably see. I think we're going to see Belgium and um, and Canada come out of this group.
0: All right, Jordan, we we'll go to you next. Um, what, uh, you know, we, we've got Belgium, we've got Canada, we've got Croatia. I think the the question is going to be between Canada and Croatia. But maybe you think Morocco? I don't know. What? Who, who do you? Who do we see finishing uh, out of this group?
1: I I, I I have a quick thought. Um, yeah, is it is it weird that I feel like Canada has more expectations going into this World Cup uh, than the U.S. does? Um, yeah. Secondly, how can you ever count out a team that has Luka Modric in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's 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 going to be it's going to be Croatia and it's going to be Belgium. It's going to be the 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 two the two sleeper picks. The the two the the two dark horses, the ultimate dark horses that get out of screw. Uh I, I feel like Canada is going to underwhelm. Uh, um and I, I honestly anything that bodes well for the US in the future is good. So <laughs> let, let's go let's go Croatian Belgium.
0: Uh I'm gonna go with Caleb, Belgium, Canada. For me. Um and I, I kind of agree. I think getting away from, from Canada and, and getting away from all that mess and finally getting to back to playing some football, I think it's gonna help them. And boy do they have some talented players. Alfonso Davies, Kyle Laren, um um oh who was that other the the, the, the Jonathan David, that's it, yeah. Um <clears throat> plus it's their first World Cup in, in like I think since eighty six or maybe eighty two. What did I write down? Uh, eighty six. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the, they're going to want to show up, and I, I think that'll, that'll bring them together. All right, two groups to go, and this might be the funnest one. Group G, Brazil, Cameroon, Serbia, and Switzerland. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of decent teams in this group, but I think Brazil stands above the rest, as they do always. Um, is there... Is there anything we don't like about this Brazil team? We'll just we'll just put it that way. Other than Jordan's obvious issue, which I think he's gonna mention.
1: Um I mean I would have liked to see Big Joe in the squad. I feel like he yeah. would add something that they don't necessarily have in the midfield. But I mean when you're when you're a team who could take an injury to Arthur Mello and just kind of just chalk it off as Eh. Um, you, you just have an incredible amount of depth. Yeah, and we talk about Eng- we. I talked about England's expectations, and that's just because you know, you know, they're the home of the sport. Brazil's expectations in this World Cup are incredibly high, and they have the squad to do it. Uh, they will definitely get out of the group. I, I don't see any other way. Yeah. Um, I I I I hope there's some people watching this World Cup who see players like uh, you know Paqueta, who hasn't necessarily shined at West Ham, but they see him for like what he what he what he is in the Brazilian setup and what he could be at West Ham as an incredible player. And I think you know there's some players that are going to come out of this World Cup with 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 you know better form and that just leads back into, you know, their, their club teams. Fingers um, crossed. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and also fingers crossed that like none of the players, like, you know, for, for us, you know, Paqueta and Bruno G pick up any serious injuries. Um, yeah. no, this, this Brazilian squad's incredible. Um, yeah. I,
0: so here's, I, Oh,
1: I, no, I go was ahead. just going to say, ahead, finish that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it, it's such a conundrum when you have uh, when you have you know Vinicius Junior and then oh yeah we also got Neymar up there too uh, have fun you know
0: yeah <laughs> here you go um, so I this, I always love fun stats and here's a really really fun stat so in 2018 the 23 man squad back when we did 23 man squads that went to Russia 2018. Uh, for Brazil, six of the, that Brazilian squad played in the Premier League. Four of them were playing for Manchester, Manchester, Manchester City, excuse me. In this squad, twelve of the 26 players play in the Premier League, two goalkeepers, one defender, five out of their six possible central midfielders, and four out of their nine attackers. Uh, all play in the Premier League, which I all, I find very interesting. Um, the, usually it used to be that you just did not have Brazilian players in the Premier League. They played in the Liga. They played in Brazil, um, you know, for AC Milan or Inter Milan. They just didn't come to the Premier League. They couldn't – you know, they didn't like it. Or, the, or And now you have, you know, almost half of that, your squad, plays in England, which I just find fascinating. Um, so I think we're, we're all comfortable on Brazil – Caleb, he's your man. Can you make the case for Serbia in a group that includes Switzerland and Cameroon?
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Imagine two Alexander Mitrovic's up okay. top. Okay.
0: Oh wow. Because Vlahovic
2: is a massive brick shit house too. <laughs> so you just stick the two of them up top and just lob crosses in. All day long, and nobody has the physicality in that group to, to deal with them. I mean, obviously, Brazil will run away with the group. Right. Um, oh, yeah, just go read theirs. I mean, it's the, the only thing that concerns me about, th- about them is their defenders are a bit old. Um, that's yeah. literally the only thing you can look and go, well, they have a little bit of a... But, I mean, behind them, you get to pick between Allison and Ederson as your keeper. And, I mean... <laughs> Martinelli, Vanessa's junior, Neymar, Anthony, Rodrigo, Rafinha, Richarlison, yeah. and Gabriel Jesus will score plenty of goals. But, yeah, I think, you know, Survey is a team I'm going to be pulling for outside of the U.S. Um, they're, they're a big team. They're a tough team. They're maybe not the most, you know, they kind of reflect their their best players. They're maybe not the the most skillful or agile of teams. But, man, they play tough, and they're big, and they're physical. And um, I think a team like... Uh, like Cameroon or Switzerland, I think those teams are going are gonna to struggle with them. I mean, I don't – Switzerland I don't think really scares anybody. They're always a tough out. But you don't look at their line and go, ooh, we're going to have to watch out for that player. Um, Cameroon, I don't know. As soon as I – when I looked at their squad and saw Andre Frank and Guisa, I was just like, all right, I can't look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look at this because that guy was such a, such a waste of money yeah. and playing time with Fulham. So, yeah, I, I think Brazil and Serbia are the two that are going to get out of the group. Yeah.
0: I think the only thing that hurts Serbia is their first game is against Brazil. And if that goes pear-shaped, it could it it could cause some issues. Or it could be the best thing that's happened to them, because if they get something from that game, they know they have a team, and that's going to be a lot of momentum. So that first game on November the 21st between Brazil and Serbia, I think, is, is going to be huge. You know, in making the case for Switzerland, you've got Granit Xhaka, um, Dennis Zakaria, uh, who I don't know, has played much for Chelsea, but he's he's pretty highly rated. Fabian Char, Manuel Kanji, the guy that Man City picked up like very very late on and has just had a hell of a season so far. Harris Zafirovich, um eighty eight caps, he's a mainstay there. And then Breel Bolo, who I've always liked um, as a, as a former Schalke guy, uh, I wish he had he had, had a better time there, but um, you know he's he's uh, a player I think that you have to watch out for as well. So they've got some some teams that are capable of some magic. the The fight for the second spot in this group is going to be great. But I have to, man. So one time, I, I always grew up thinking that my family was um, was mainly German. And I was talking to my uncle one time. We were we were at a German festival, and I had literally just bought a soccer jersey, um, a German soccer uh, a German national team jersey, because they were selling it for like cheap. And I was like, this is like a brand new jersey. They don't know what they have. So, so I, I, I bought it. And I was so excited. And, and I was talking to my uncle who goes, well, I actually think we're, we're, we're Swiss. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, great. Thanks. That'd have been nice to have known 10 minutes ago. Uh, but because of that, and because it's in my blood, I think I have to go with Switzerland. No offense to Serbia. I think it's going to be a great fight. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with family ties there. So I've got Brazil and Switzerland. Jordan, you got Brazil and who?
1: Uh, real quick, is it interesting that probably the two squads that have, like, the most complete attacking attacking lineup are in the same group together? Because, I mean, if you look at, you know, uh, Luka uh, uh, Jovic, you know, Alexander Mitrovic, and then uh, Dusan uh, Vlasic. Blah, Vlahovic. Uh, those, that's an incredibly talented uh, attacking unit, and then you know you have Brazil, of course. So, my, I mean, I got to go with Serbia. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, Serbia and Brazil. Welcome, welcome to uh, the Eagles bandwagon. We are, <laughs> we are grateful for your presence. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and, and,
1: and honestly, um, I. I I just, I just, the one thing I hope uh, more out of anything besides like the U.S. doing well is just that everyone in the world just comes to know and love Bruno G. (laughs) That beautiful blonde Brazilian man. I, I, I feel like he is just terminally underrated by the international, by the, by the soccer media, which I, 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 I don't understand. But, um, yeah, no, I just I just want good things for Bruno. That's all.
0: Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, oh, and uh, uh, on uh, then one more thing, one more thing, one more
1: thing. Sorry, uh, I will say that in this group in particular, we should be on a Thunder Bastard warning uh, because you have Fabian Schar uh, for Switzerland, and he is not afraid to – to put a boot on it from like 30, 35 yards plus out. So uh, uh, keep on, uh, uh, keep on the, uh, the rocket alert with Fabian Schar.
0: Yeah. Eight goals for him in 72 caps, which is pretty good for a defender. Uh, And finally group H uh, Ghana, Portugal, South Korea and Uruguay. We'll get to Portugal in a minute. But I got to be honest with you guys. I'm I'm feeling pretty sweet on Uruguay. Um, it may be their announcement video, which showed how all of the players come from a different part of the country and sort of showing what states they came from in Uruguay. Also, if you look into Uruguay, it's like a really badass country. They're like one of the most liberal um, countries in South America. They have a wonderful democracy that has survived, um, you know, various threats from time to time, but has remained essentially intact. Um, And they've got a lot of cool players. I mean, Fernando Muslera, who's at goalkeeper, probably his last tournament, Diego Godin, we all remember him, um, former Atletico Madrid player. Uh, Darwin Nunez, of course, Edinson Cavani in his last World Cup, Luis Suarez, probably in his last World Cup, and then Manchester United youngster, Facundo Palistri, who makes this one. So, if you haven't seen that that announcement video for Uruguay, go watch it. it it'll inspire you, even if you're not Uruguayan. Um, you know they they had a good history in this world in this World Cup. They won the first two. Um, they've gotten some fourth place finishes over the years, but I like Uruguay. I do. I, I I don't know why, but I just I have a good feeling about them. And I think in this group, um, I think they could do they can do quite well. Um. Is there anybody else who, you, you got a good, any any good feelings? Anybody feeling Ghana? Anybody feeling South Korea with Young Min Sun um, in there and a couple other
2: noticeable names? Um, no. I mean, this is Portugal and Uruguay. Um, I do love Dennis the though. What That's right. Man. What a lovely man. Uh, we definitely miss him in West London. He was one of the Fulham players who lived in West London. You could walk by a West London coffee shop and, and chat with Dennis Adoy. Um, so, yeah. Uh, nice. I love to see him perform well. And obviously, how can anyone dislike like Youngman's son? I mean, just the way he plays. He plays just gorgeous football and just seems like a genuinely, generally fun guy to be around. But, yeah, I mean, Portugal, I don't know how they get so much talent out of that tiny country, but every time they import, every time a, a Portuguese player comes to the Premier League, like he's probably going to be pretty good, unless he's going to Wolverhampton. Um, I mean, has <laughs> I mean, been has been just a, a rock as a holding midfielder for us. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to play well for them. And you look at the the Uruguay um, lineup. You are like, man, how can they not have a good World Cup? Like, yeah, they have a who's who of all time greats playing for them. That, and this is their last World Cup. Yeah. So you know they're just going to show up and perform.
0: Yeah, and that uh, we get a a rematch of Uruguay Ghana from uh, the 2010. uh, Was it the quarterfinal? Yeah, it was quarterfinal. Um, That that epic that uh, that was decided on uh, on that penalty save. So um, all right, let's let's talk about Portugal for a minute because it was all looking relatively rosy for the 2016 Euro Champions. Um, and then Cristiano Ronaldo talks to a man who shall not be named on this podcast. And everything's just kind of crazy at the moment. Said a bunch of, of just outlandish things. Well, I mean, I, I don't, maybe it's not. I don't know. But just the choice to do that right now ahead of a tournament, to talk about a... Your club, where one of your teammates is also your international team teammate. I mean, it's a hell of a choice. I mean, there's video of of uh, um, uh, Bruno refusing to shake uh, Ronaldo's hand and and sort of greet him in the in the uh, uh, the dressing room. There's another video of um um not Chalpolinia, who's the Who's the Zhao ja, Cancelo? That's it. Yeah, the other the other main city guy. Um, the other video of him, um, you know, basically kind of looking at all the weird about acting chummy out on the out, out on the pitch. A lot of guys are upset at him right now. So the question I have, Jordan, is how how did bad does this affect Portugal? I mean, how big of a factor is it going to be that the man, the cap leader, the goal leader, the fearless leader. 191 caps, 117 goals. It's a ridiculous record. And yet he seems to be a black sheep right now.
1: Um, so you know how I mentioned earlier that France would be on Le Pattern alert. Yeah. uh, If it wasn't for the fact that their group is, 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 is a walk. Yeah. Um, Portugal, I feel like is on, would be on Le Pattern alert. Um, I, I think this will affect them greatly. Um, because, I mean, that is, the, that is the thing about the World Cup that makes it so difficult and unique is that you're playing matches four days apart. So the, the, the squad has to be right, the depth has to be right, and then the chemistry has to be right. Because you're going to be asking players who aren't in the same setup every day, uh, play different styles with different club teams. To come together and coalesce for six weeks. And you're asking Portugal, who, uh, Caleb, you want to know what happens? Honestly, any Brazilian that does not get into the Brazilian squad just immediately changes nationality and they're Portuguese. That's how that rolls. Um, You're asking a, a team with, you know, Bruno Fernandes, Ruben Neves, Yao Felix, who is possibly looking for a move as early as January, hello Premier League. Oh my God! Um, <laughs> to fall in line behind the Kobe Bryant of the uh, of the soccer world, Cristiano Ronaldo. Didn't you, and you this call, didn't not, you call him that before? I have, I have. That's what he is. He, <laughs> and he then is goes Bryant. and does this.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I can't uh, dispute you there.
1: Because he's an, incredibly, he's an incredibly, he's an all-time great. But in the case of Kobe, he was always compared to Jordan. He was just never quite what Jordan was. No matter how great he was, he was compared to Jordan and thus less than. Ronaldo, Ronaldo, in his own generation, is compared to Lionel Messi. In, in a lot of people's eyes, it's always less than. And it, it, it just makes it for a very weird dude. And honestly, he's he's not even a weird dude he's just on the pitch either. I mean, doesn't he kind of have like an Elon Musk Musk situation with children? Like, like <laughs> I seriously right. think he had a couple kids with a woman he just he just he like he paid to have kids with. Um, allegedly. So you yeah you're asking these great international players to follow the lead of. A man who's on his last international leg and probably yeah. on his last legs, yeah. Because he's not—he is not the—he he is evidently not the same player he was even in 2016. Yeah. So, in this group, with with South Korea, with South Korea always being feisty, with. Uh, Uruguay and you know their their influx of talent, honestly, because you know for the longest time it was just Suarez and uh, Cavani, but now we have you know uh, Darwin Nunez, um, you know Lucas Torreya, Rodrigo Bentancur. So this group, is, and don't forget Ghana either. This group yeah. is incredibly even across the board, and for a team like Portugal with all that talent, they just have to, they they're going to have to come together to get out of that group and I, I don't know if they have it in them i really don't at this point i mean i i kind of think they're a coin flip I, I i think you know heads they go want heads they win the heads they get out of the group and tails they don't
0: well flip that coin uh for us jordan who who do you have getting out of this group
1: so i have uruguay getting out of this group um I, I I think old Chompers gets one last run. Um, I forgot about that. And for all of the the, the 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 K-pop goodness that is the South Korean international <laughs> team, I I, I want to go with them, but I can't. I, I I have to pick chalk here. It's it's going to be Portugal and it's going to be Uruguay. Yeah,
0: Caleb, you sticking with Portugal, Uruguay? Final answer.
2: Yeah, finally.
0: all right. Final answer there. Uh, I am. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buck the trend. I'm gonna. I am gonna pick South Korea. Um, they did very, very well the last time the World Cup was on. Uh, inside the Asian sphere, um, they've got a good a good team. They unlike. Portugal, they've got a fearless leader who they can genuinely get behind because he works his ass off. Um, you know they've got some experience, um, and I, I, I think they'll I think they'll go for it. I, I I feel good about South Korea, so that's my pick to come out of Group H. I think the Ronaldo era is going to end with a whimper. All right, that's the World Cup. Sorry, we ran way way over, but can you blame us? I mean, we're talking about. Ronaldo and the land of OG Ronaldo and England and the United States and all of these great nations that will be uh, on your TV screens this time next week. Man, this time next week, I think we'll be like 12 games in to this World Cup, which is going to be just a a ton. Um, So the schedule for us is going to change a little bit. It'll still be once a week, but I think next week will be a Monday show. So we'll try and get that out by tuesday morning or maybe monday night um i'm taking off work so i'm gonna see all of the action uh at least for for next week i'm i'm getting really pumped for that so so yeah and i think maybe you have noticed um our our podcast art has changed our name has changed a little bit this will be known for the next few weeks as the cup cast uh as we'll be going through this fantastic world cup guys the wait is over it's uh, it's here and, and I'm, all the talk, I know, guys, I know, Qatar's a terrible country to, to host this in, and I hope nothing like this ever, ever happens again. I hope this is a watershed moment, and we start to actually consider the implications of our decisions when we're deciding these tournaments. But I'm excited. I'm excited to get down to the football. I'm excited to, to watch uh, these games and, uh, and kick off the holiday season with the best game in the world. And I'm excited to do it with you guys. Any final thoughts before we uh, sign off this week? I know we're, we're running late, but I wanted to give a chance real quick.
1: Um I just have one, but it's kind of a it's kind of a sad thought. Um,
0: oh, why'd you do that?
1: Sorry, I it, it just it's it with 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 how we talk with how we've just gone down the rosters of all these teams and just the age of all these
2: players. Yeah.
1: I mean this this th- this one and this this World Cup in particular, I feel like is the swung is the swan song of our, our our youth because yeah, Lionel Messi done yep Ronaldo, Ronaldo. done uh Luka Modric done yep um Manuel Neuer done yep yep Lewandowski done Thomas Mueller done um. Mimo Ochoa is going to be playing forever because he's eternal. Like, <laughs> this, is his, this is his this is his fifth World Cup. He, he will never five age five. Memo Ochoa is eternal. Um, but
0: yeah, yeah, man, it's I, it is. This, I this, I'm I'm there with this, you, man.
1: This is uh, this is, and you know, uh, apropos how apropos like this World Cup cycle with all these players of that generation, you know, leaving the international scene occurring in the North American winter when the 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 the, the leaves fall, the, the 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 trees the trees die to uh, ultimately spring anew and you know, you know uh, bloom anew in spring um, with this next generation hopefully an American led one honestly. So there is hope going into 2026, you know?
0: Also, how, sh- how should we sign these off? Do they have pies in the Middle East? I don't know if we should – what's uh, – is there a – I honestly better... think
1: I, – I, I honestly think we should say let's go eat either some hummus or some, some kebabs, <laughs> honestly,
2: either or – I'm good with kebabs. My, my final thing is just uh, – Yeah, yeah. I fell in love with soccer watching it um, – and the 2006 World Cup in Scotland. Um, so, yeah, I just hope this is an opportunity for maybe f- people who don't watch soccer on a regular basis to uh, root for their national team and, and discover new players and see some of the greatest players the world has ever seen, you know, playing their final World Cups. And I'm excited, it's been a long time coming. This is the most informed i've been about soccer when a world cup is coming up and <laughs> i i like that all the games are actually early believe it or not because um, i'm gonna miss some of them because of work um but it gives you a chance to kind of catch up and watch everything in, in the evening there's nothing going on super late at night so yeah i'm stoked for it guys i can't wait i can't wait for the first game i think the first game is going to be a uh, a, <laughs> a tough one to, to watch but then the u.s games yeah the next day so
0: i'm excited yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be enough to whet the appetite, but it will be. It, it, um, on, on paper, it's a tough pill to swallow.
1: I'm also looking forward to the fact that this World Cup is occurring during the holiday season. So I'm going to get a lot of interesting questions from various family members who don't follow the sport very closely or at all uh, along the lines of, hey, what are you watching? <laughs> Turn that off. I don't want to see that foreign sport. We play football. Not uh, soccer.
0: I I was gonna say that kind of I. For me, you What's know your
2: he's talking about Adam. Are you gonna let them talk that way about your family?
0: <laughs> that's the Allison side. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. It's not the um. No. I actually my my dad's coming up to uh to the city to up to here. We're gonna watch the. He's he's coming up because my birthday weekend. And we're gonna watch the opening match on uh, Sunday. So, yeah. Um, no, but I, you know, growing up in a place similar to to Jordan, yeah, I mean, it was three years, nobody really cared, but man, when the World Cup came around, I was I was the guy, like you came to me for 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 answers, people asked me stuff, and so I, I just always love it, um, and I'm 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 so thrilled it's here. What?
1: Hey Caleb, that's how Adam got dates. Just every four years, he was he was the guy. So when the girls came with their no, when the World, no, when, no, the, when, the, when the girls split. came with their World Cup questions, he was like, "Hey, ladies,
0: you're pretending I got your that I answers. you're pretending that I had dates. No, that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Again, sorry it ran long, but I hope uh, hope everybody gets something out of this. And hey, you know, just put it on. Maybe we'll uh, you know, just uh, enjoy whatever you're doing, have it on in the background, and, and you'll get a nice preview of the World Cup. So it's my birthday, although you wouldn't know that unless you listened to the end here. Right, I'm rambling. Jordan, please sign us off.
1: Let's go eat some kebabs,
2: guys.
0: Yeah, let's go eat some kebabs. Thanks, everybody. We will see you uh, next week.